Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and special VIP co-hosts. Join in on a great conversation today with one of the world's great influencers as they showcase the latest tricks and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso and his co-host. Welcome to the Spotlight. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso, and we have a full house today with some amazing guests. And yes, you are listening to the Spotlight, where we focus on highlighting Hollywood stars, sports greats, and game changers. If you're a fit, we want your interview on the Spotlight. We broadcast every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, so please set your calendar to hear from the world's elite. And you can catch every episode of the Spotlight on my mobile app. Just go to Tony. D-U-R-S-O dot com slash mobile from your smart device or cell phone. And once it loads, past episodes of the Spotlight will automatically appear in column one. And column two is my other weekly show highlighting elite entrepreneurs called Revenue Chat. All right. Today, we set the stage for the Spotlight to chat with Michael Houlihan and Bonnie Harvey, founders of Barefoot Wine. And for our audience... Michael Houlihan and Bonnie Harvey are international keynote speakers and New York Times bestselling authors of Barefoot Spirit, How Hardship, Hustle, and Heart Built America's Number One Wine Brand, and The Entrepreneurial Culture, 23 Ways to Engage and Empower Your People. Take this from humble beginnings in a laundry room of a rented farmhouse to the boardroom of their acquirer, the world's largest wine company, E&J Gallo, they learned lessons applicable to any business. And they regularly appear on ABC, NBS, CBS, Fox, and all of the other alphabets. They consult and train startups in Fortune 500s on brand building and company culture. The good stuff. And if you do anything with making money for a living, then this interview is for you. And I think that's most people, right? They help companies become more entrepreneurial, and I can't wait to get some lessons from them myself. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Spotlight, Bonnie and Michael. Thank you, Tony. We are delighted to be here. Well, thank you. Hi, Tony. Great to be here. Hi, Michael. Thank you. Thank you all. It's such an honor to meet the both of you, and I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today on the Spotlight. So let's dive in. But first things first, I would love to know, please, how it started for you, how it all started for you, and please make sure you include the part of about the laundry room in the farmhouse. <laughs> well, yes, we were living in a little farmhouse here in Sonoma County. We were both business consultants, and I had a client who hadn't been paid for his grapes. So I asked Michael if he could please go out and collect those funds, $300,000, and so he went merrily on his way, uh, only to find out that the winery that owed the greatest amount of money on um, this debt was in the process of going bankrupt. Oh, no. So there were no funds to collect. But Michael, being the clever boy that he is, he managed to do a trade for bottling services and bulk wine. So now we've got bottling services and bulk wine, but... We've got to change it into cash and pay back the grower and move merrily on our way. We thought, oh, 
that won't take too long, three to five years, and how hard could it be? <laughs> well, we found out how hard it can be. And so how, does that, how did that get you to actually move into the laundry room of the farmhouse, please? Well, we started off in, in the farmhouse, and we needed an office, and the only place we had any space available, because we didn't have money to rent an office, was in the laundry room. We had a little room where the washer and dryer were supposed to be. <laughs> so we figured that we could put a desk in there, but we couldn't afford a desk either, so we went out to the barn in the back and found an old door and found a couple sawhorses and cleaned them up and put them in our laundry room, and that was the first office for what today is the largest wine brand in the world. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. So I kind of have to go back to that for a moment and say, Michael, what were you thinking? You, you did not know anything about wine, correct? Well, I didn't know anything about wine. Um, I guess what I was thinking was uh, that we would go with plan A, which was to uh, bottle it up and sell it to one supermarket, and they would put it on sale, and that would be it. We'd get our money, we'd pay off the grower, grower we'd go happily on our way on to the next project, right? Put a few bucks in our pocket. Um, that was plan A. But uh, what really happened was when we went to the supermarket, uh, they weren't going to buy it, and they weren't going to buy it because uh, – they never heard of Barefoot. They never. They didn't think that their customers ever heard of Barefoot. They wanted to know if we were going to spend $200,000 in advertising. And, of course, we didn't have $200,000, so they wouldn't take us. So we had to go to Plan B. And Plan B was a much more circuitous uh, route that involved a lot more years of beating the bricks. And that was we had to sell every independent, every mama, papa, start local, build it up as a brand, and then become regional, and then become statewide, and then go back to the chains. And I remember telling the buyer, I said, well, you know, if you're not going to take this wine and I have to go out and sell it that way, I said, that's going to take years. And he said, yep. He says, you better get started. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and that's what you did. And you grew that into the largest. We took Barefoot from nothing. It was, it was nothing. And we created the concept for the brand. And then we also um, got the brand proven on the market. You know, we proved the concept. And then we took it up to a point where it was in all 50 states and 28 foreign countries. And it was one of the fastest growing wine brands in the United States. And it had received the uh, Fast Brand Award two years in a row from the same publishers that do the, uh, the Wine Spectator. So within our industry, we were recognized as a, a real fast grower. So at that point, we were acquired by E&J Gallo. And a lot of people say, well, you know, did, how did you feel about that? Well, we thought we'd get acquired, you know, a lot sooner. It took us a lot longer to become an acquisition target. So today, when we speak about entrepreneurship, you know, the first thing we do is ask people, why are you doing it? You know, why are you giving up vacations? Why are you working 16 hours a day? Why are you doing it? And if their answer is, oh, well, I like it, or it's my passion, or this or that, we really can't help them. But if they say, you know, I want to get paid for my idea, I want to take an idea 
you know, from ideation to monetization. I want to take the idea. I want to wrap the idea in a brand. I want to wrap the brand in a business. I want to build up the business, and then I want to become an acquisition chart uh, target. And then I want to take a giant check from a giant company and let them have it. If that's why they're going into business, then we can help them because we have gone down that route and we know about all the bumps and curbs and, and jumps and walls and everything that are in your way. And we can help people quite a bit along that route. Michael, how did you know that that's exactly what I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> Very. Well, you know, it's like when you, when you go into business, uh, and it's amazing how many people go into business and they say, Things like, oh, I'm going into business, you know, I need to have an office, I need to have a factory, I need to, need to, need to, need to. And then before you know it, they're out there looking for financing and loans and everything. We didn't do any of that. We started a laundry room, you know, with an old door on a couple of sawhorses. And we focused on the most important thing in business, which is sales. And we just kept focusing on sales because we knew that if we didn't make sales, we wouldn't even have the laundry room. We'd be completely out of business. And so because we focused on sales, we found out that you can pretty much subcontract everything else. There's always people there that are willing to do things for you for a fee. But the one thing they won't do for you is they won't sell your product for you. You have to sell your own product. So that was a real wake-up call for us. Very interesting. Very interesting. I'm going to go a little bit more into the entrepreneurial journey and training, but I am curious... On the name Barefoot Wine, was there is there a story behind how you got that name? There is such a story uh, behind that name that we wrote the book. But I, I'll give you the brief story, Tony. And that is when Michael went to the first big buyer, which was uh, Lucky Stores in California, bought the most wine in our state and asked for an order. And this is before the wine was bottled. Michael went in and said, what do you want? Very important question to ask your buyer. And the buyer's first response was, nobody's ever asked me that before. So um, that'll take a while to sink in and really make good use of. But his, one of his responses was about the label. He said that he wanted the name to be the same as the logo he said he wanted it to be seen three feet away so she could see it when she was pushing her cart down the aisle. And he said he wanted it to be in plain English. He didn't want a chateau or a river or, or anything that was French in it. And I thought, well, that's grand because I don't speak French. <laughs> in fact, I was intimidated uh, about ordering any wine at a restaurant because I couldn't pronounce the name. And so that was a good start. We thought that it should be friendly since wine was so snobbish at the time, and it should be something everybody could pronounce. Um, barefoot is the way that originally grapes were crushed to make wine. So there's a, a tag there. There's a relationship there. And we were friends with Davis Bynum, who produced a product called Barefoot many years before, and it had been off the shelf for 12 years. So we thought, well, that's a nice, clean image, and um, the name is the same as the logo. It relates to wine. Everyone can pronounce it, and that's how we came about calling our brand and creating the label for Barefoot. 
I like it's it. So funny. Uh, whose foot is on that label, and how did that get there? <laughs> well, another interesting tale. We designed it late one night on the blackboard, and and I was all excited. Uh, I could see the label just selling the heck out of the the product, out of the wine. So I had Michael draw it out, and we sent it to our artist, and she came back with some initial designs, and the feet were just kind of squat and not exactly what we had in mind at all. And I said, I need a long, thin foot with a high arch. She said, send me a picture. I can draw anything you send me. So I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to find this picture. And I realized that, you know, I've got a foot exactly like that, long and thin with a high arch. I was great. So I sent Michael out to get the biggest ink pad he could find. And I put my foot in it and put it on some artist paper and sent it off to her. And that's how my foot ended up on the label. That's so cool. And can I guess that that original is now hanging on your wall somewhere? <laughs> uh, yeah, it is, actually. Oh. Signed by everybody who crossed the finish line with us. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. What a great story. Bonnie, I'd like to ask you about the biggest mistake you ever made. And I don't know if you're going to talk about that company owing you $300,000, because that seems to be the biggest amazing thing that's ever happened to you, though you could include that. But what would you say is the biggest mistake you ever made in your entrepreneurial journey, please? Well, Tony, we've made a lot of mistakes and we learned from our mistakes, which is a real blessing if you've got that kind of an attitude, which helped keep us going. But the biggest one was when we first started, we were told by people in the wine industry that were producing wines and selling them in the market that uh, the distributors will do all the sales for you. You don't have to worry about sales. And that was a huge mistake to think that we could rely on distributors or retailers or brokers or anybody besides ourselves to go out there and sell our product and to watch it on the shelf. It's not enough to sell it. You've got to make sure that you get that reorder because when you're selling to the big boys, if you don't get a reorder, you get a, a discontinued notice. So it's not just making the sale, but it's keeping the sales going. And the biggest mistake was in the beginning when we listened to people that said, the distributors are going to sell it for you. Ha! Nope, they're not. This is the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Just ahead, we continue the chat with Michael Houlihan and Bonnie Harvey, founders of Barefoot Wine. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Is it true that a majority of new businesses fail? Check this out. In order to have a successful growing business, there are some vital points that you must know. You must have worked them out thoroughly. They must be synchronized with each other and all employees, consultants, and companies that you depend on must know these items and be in agreement with them if your new business is to meet with a high percentage of success. Get it free. The Vision Map. Beat the odds for business success at TonyDurso.com slash vision. Learn how to establish your vision, purpose, long-term objective, and master plan, including strategic and tactical planning. Get the Vision Map. Beat the odds for business success 
at Tony, D-U-R-S-O dot com slash vision, V-I-S-I-O-N. The Dream Business community wants to help you with your career and business. Are you ready for accelerated success? Check it out. The Dream Business community at Tony, D-U-R-S-O dot com slash community. Are you the right fit? We're looking for a few good sponsors that are the right fit for our world-class brand. The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Does your brand fit in with an audience that likes our interviews with Hollywood stars, sports greats, game changers? If so, let's see how we can promote your brand to the best audience to help you grow. Email me at Tony at Tony D-U-R-S-O dot com and let's see how we can help. That's Tony at Tony, D-U-R-S-O dot com. You're listening to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at Tony, D-U-R-S-O dot com. Now, back to The Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on the Spotlight. Today's show is with Michael Houlihan and Bonnie Harvey, founders of Barefoot Wine. As founders of the iconic Barefoot Wine brand, eventually acquired by Ian J. Gallo, Michael Houlihan and Bonnie Harvey are two of the most highly sought-after keynote speakers and interview guests on business and executive topics. All right, and now back to the chat with Michael and Bonnie. Yeah, Tony, so we actually uh, went to Hawaii with that misconception. By the way, we have a lot, I would say most of our clients and most of our audiences where we speak all over the country have this same misconception, and that is that someone else is going to take care of your sales besides you. And so we thought, well, we'll go to Hawaii. You know, it's a perfect place for a wine called Barefoot. I mean, they're running around barefoot. You know, half the bars are called Barefoot. People are getting married barefoot. It's a natural. So we go over to Hawaii. Sure enough, it's a natural. I walk around with my distributor salesperson. We go to all these liquor stores and wine shops and grocery stores and all over the islands, and they all buy it. And I come back, and I'm bragging about it to Bonnie, and I'm saying, yeah, it's a great hit, you know. They bought it, this and that. We can expect all these sales. A month go by, there's no sales. Another month goes by, there's no sales. She says, you better go back to Hawaii and see what's going on. So I go back to Hawaii. When I get there, I found out that it sold out in all those places where we put it. And they never replaced it. They were actually glad that it sold through because it gave them room to put in other products that they were getting special bonuses to sell. You see, there's a limited amount of space in retail, and so there's only so much bandwidth. And if you're not there to get your product reordered, and you think that the store is going to do it, you think the clerk's going to do it, you think the distributor's going to do it, they don't do it. So, so... I had to get it all back in. I got it all back in the stores and everything else, went back and told Bonnie, well, listen, I balled everybody out up and down the line, and uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to reorder it now because, after all, it was a fast mover. It sold out. And so a month goes by, no reorder. Another month goes by, no reorder. Another month, she says, I said, what? You want me to go back there again? She says, no. She says, 
let's just take a look at these two pieces of paper. One piece of paper was how much money we spent going to Hawaii to make the sales happen. And the other piece of paper was how much we made in Hawaii. And we were spending twice as much to go there as we were making there. So we actually had to pull out of the Hawaiian market for two years until we could afford to have a person over there to watch our goods on the shelf in the distributor and make sure it got reordered. So what we tell young people that are getting into business now is, you know, everybody knows what the cost of goods are, but who knows what the cost of sales are? That's where the real cost is. That's what really stops business cold is when they get out there and they find out, oh, I've got to service what I sell. Oh, you mean I've got to get the reorder? I thought they were going to do that. So this was a big, huge wake-up call and probably our biggest mistake. We speak about this one all the time. As you can tell, it's one of our favorite subjects. That's very interesting because the only one that sells anything is you. I like that. I like that a lot. And I noticed, you know, some people rely on an email or rely on a website or rely on a graphic, an illustration, an image, but it's really you that empowers that, that actually gets the sale. And I find that that's definitely something that's missed out there. So very good on recognizing that. Very cool. And now I'd like to talk a little bit more about not only do you have, or actually did you have the number one wine before it was then sold? You also came out with a New York Times best-selling book, Barefoot Spirit. Could you tell us a little bit about that, please? Yes, yes. So much of it is right in the title, The Barefoot Spirit, How Hardship, Hustle, and Heart Built America's Number One Wine Brand, because it takes those three things to really be successful, hardship, hustle, and heart. Our staff came to us after we'd sold the brand, and they said, We've never worked for a company anything like yours before or since, and we were all like a family. We worked together, and we were extremely successful, and we did it with very few resources. So I think that you should really write a book and share it with other people so that you know, they can learn from all the, the things that, that we learned along the way and that we learned together to create a beautiful atmosphere for people to work together and, and be creative and, and solve problems and challenges together. And so they encouraged us, the people that we'd worked with, our own staff, to write the book. Uh, we wrote it with Rick Cushman, who was a wine writer for the Sacramento Bee for a number of years. And he came to visit us um, about every two weeks. He'd stay for two, three days, and we'd tell him all kinds of crazy stories about how we built the brand and all the surprises that we had, and there's many of them. So it's full of stories about the lessons that we learned. And uh, he's a great uh, writer because he uses humor, and he talks to people on a level that anyone can understand, which I really appreciate having designed our label and our wine to satisfy the needs of the majority of people who don't know a lot about wine. We wanted a book that told of that journey in that same kind of uh, dinner table conversation. So that's the way it's written. It's like telling, telling tales over the dinner table with a, a glass of wine or two. That is very cool. I love it. I've written a couple of books, and big hats off and congratulations on getting a New York Times bestseller. I know what that takes to a degree, 
and that is extremely amazing. So that's very cool, and it's a very sounds like an amazing journey that I really hope that the spotlight audience checks out, and we'll go more into that and how to contact, get a hold of you in just a little bit. One thing I noticed in some of your talks or one of your statements is you talk about entrepreneurs and startups that there's something that they lack and that factor leads to a very high failure rate. I'd love you if you could share that with us, please. Well, most people who start businesses uh, focus on their product or their service. Um, And they don't really realize, like we said earlier, you know, the cost of sales. They don't understand that it's not enough. If you build it, they won't come, in other <laughs> words. It's, it's not enough to have a great product or service. You know, the barns of America are filled with great ideas that will change your life and revolutionize the world, and you don't see them. And the reason you don't is because they could never get them into distribution. I mean, people today, they talk about selling products online. But even to sell products online, you have to do a complete campaign. You know, you have to have a list. You have to go through the funnel. You have to do all this stuff. And if you're selling products through a distribution system, and that would be like the future is going to be any product that, say, is under $20 or weighs more than, say, two ounces. It's impractical to have products like that delivered to your door because they weigh too much. So you're not going to pay, for instance, $5 to have a $5 bottle of wine delivered to your house. So at some point, you're going to get in your car and you're going to go to a store and you're going to fill it up with with items that are what we call consumer packaged good items. And most people who go into business today are either creating a consumer packaged good item or they have in their mind some idea that they want to monetize on. They need to focus on sales, and that should be the first thing they do. As a matter of fact, one of the biggest mistakes they make is they finish the design of their product and they finish the design of their marketing before they actually test the market. So how do they know that they've got it packaged properly? How do they know that their sign is the right size to be seen in a dark warehouse in Des Moines, Iowa? You know, how do they know that what they are presenting is going to be visible from a store shelf. Um, You know, how do they know that what they're selling online can survive the delivery, you know, of FedEx or UPS or any of those common carriers? So you have to remember that when you are creating and selling physical products, it's not the product, it's the delivery. If it ain't there, they can't buy it. You have to get it to them. So what are the hoops you have to jump through? So I'd say that's the number one problem that most people face. They fall in love with their product and they really discount sales. We actually saw, this is at Stanford, we saw a business plan where the line that was marked, you know, sales had one sentence under it. It said, will be sold at retail. This great idea, will be sold at retail, you know, Who's dreaming where, you know? How, how will that possibly be sold at retailer? You, you can't just say that. You have to have an entire plan for how you're going to make that happen. 
So that's what we're talking about. And the reason that we discount that is we're spoiled in America. We go into stores and they are chock full of products, wall to wall. You don't see any bare shelves and everything is new. It keeps turning. There's new products all the time. And so we get the idea that if there's something we don't see there, that it hasn't been invented yet. Or we get the idea that, gee, if my product was here compared to these other products that I see, it would really scream and, you know, we would, we would distinguish ourselves from these other products and we would stand alone. We'd be a knockdown, drag out success. Wrong, because you don't see what's going on behind the scenes. That's why you can go into stores and see mediocre products from coast to coast and you have to ask yourself, how did this mediocre product get into these stores in every city I've been in? And the answer is they had excellent distribution, that's why. And so it turns out that distribution is more important than the product. That's a real wake-up call for people who are sitting there trying to create a better mousetrap. Distribution is definitely king. And I can totally see how our culture makes us complacent, just as you were saying, in that we think the product is going to sell itself. But again, you need someone there to really make it stand out, make it separate, make it different, and sell it. You really need. So very, very interesting. This is The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Just ahead, we're going to find out more from Michael Houlihan and Bonnie Harvey, founders of Barefoot Wine. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Is it true that a majority of new businesses fail? Check this out. In order to have a successful growing business, there are some vital points that you must know. You must have worked them out thoroughly. They must be synchronized with each other and all employees, consultants, and companies that you depend on must know these items and be in agreement with them if your new business is to meet with a high percentage of success. Get it free. The Vision Map, Beat the Odds for Business Success at TonyDurso.com slash vision. Learn how to establish your vision, purpose, long-term objective, and master plan, including strategic and tactical planning. Get the Vision Map, Beat the Odds for Business Success at TonyDurso.com slash vision, V-I-S-I-O-N. The Dream Business Community wants to help you with your career and business. Are you ready for accelerated success? Check it out. The Dream Business Community at TonyDurso.com slash community. Are you the right fit? We're looking for a few good sponsors that are the right fit for our world-class brand. The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Does your brand fit in with an audience that likes our interviews with Hollywood stars, sports greats, game changers? If so, let's see how we can promote your brand to the best audience to help you grow. Email me at Tony at TonyDurso.com and let's see how we can help. That's Tony at TonyDurso.com. You're listening to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host, 
We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDURSO.com. Now, back to the Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on the Spotlight. Today's show is with Michael Houlihan and Bonnie Harvey, founders of Barefoot Wine. Their bi-monthly business articles are published by the business journals in 43 cities nationwide. Michael and Bonnie speak internationally for corporations, conferences, universities, and symposiums, including the Society of Consumer Affairs Professionals in Business, the World Conference on Entrepreneurship in Dublin, Ireland, the Conference Board's Consumer Experience Symposium in New York City, the C-Suite Conferences, and over 60 universities that teach entrepreneurship. All right, back to the chat with Michael and Bonnie. Now, I believe you have some training. You do, you do seminars. You do workshops. You teach this to today's startups. Is that right? Yes, we do. We've got a couple online courses. And, of course, we travel the world talking about this and, and uh, as keynote speakers. Uh, we, we sometimes do workshops at the same time. And that's always very interesting to share our knowledge with these people. And um, the latest online course that we have is called what, Michael? Well, we have one that's called uh, the, the Barefoot Startups uh, Guiding Principles for Success, GPS for short. Just like, you know, the global positioning satellite that gets you from one address to another in your car. This is a GPS system for your business. And when Bonnie and I, you know, got out of that big, you know, creepy tunnel that you guys are ready to jump into or thinking about jumping into or you're already in, uh, when we came out, we said, wow, what did we learn in that tunnel that we wish we'd known on the other end? Well, we put all that into this course. So it's if you go to thebarefootspirit.com and then you look for GPS or Guiding Principles for Success, you'll see the course. And it's like a four-hour course, and it takes you from, you know, why are you in business? We call it starters for startups. A lot of questions you should ask yourself before you get started, you know, like, like what does an acquirer want to see, and why shouldn't my books be set up like that from day one? You know, and why should I get a legal sign-off from the lady that's doing my logo instead of asking her for one in five years for 100000 bucks? So questions like that. And then, then three more modules. One is called, uh, is, is called uh, cash flow management, which is how you pay your bills, how you reduce your need for capital. Personnel management, how you hire people, how you incentivize people, how do you keep them from taking your business to someone else. Um, how do you get them to get involved in your business? And the third one is distribution management, which is how do you get your better mousetrap to the actual shelf and keep it there? How do you sell it? So that, that course is very comprehensive. I highly recommend it to anybody who's even thinking about going into business. It, it will help anybody, not just people in the consumer package business. Now, if you're in the consumer package business, we have a very specific course that you can get that's called Shelf Smarts. And if you go to shelfsmarts.com, you'll see it. And the first the lesson is called uh, Just Sell It. And it's about how you approach a store to sell your product and what you should say and what you shouldn't say, where you park your car, all these little innuendos. How do you do an in-store demo? 
you know, how do you create customers in detail? And these are all details that we learned a lot of them the hard way. So we packed all that stuff into both courses. So you should look for uh, look for uh, the, the, the GPS course, and you should look for Shelf Smarts. And you'll find them both at www.thebarefootspirit.com. And that's along with our New York Times bestseller, The Barefoot Spirit. Very cool, Michael. Thanks for sharing all that. I know that from going to universities and colleges, of course, this sort of information is not there. And anything that's there is so outdated and it can't possibly be updated because times change, cultures change so rapidly. By the time anything gets into a university, it would be outdated. So you have to constantly keep things refreshed. And I like the fact that your course it goes from A to Z. It covers everything. So I think that that's very, very cool. Yes. Thank you, Tony. And now you've been together for a very long time. We discussed this a little bit off air. You've been together 35 years. Is that correct? Yeah, we met in kindergarten, I like to say. <laughs> she, was, she was throwing blocks at me, and I fell in love. There you go. <laughs> that's amazing. How do you stay together as a couple and be business partners and not, you know, pulling each other hair out. Do you have some words of wisdom to share with us, please? You mean how how did we how do we last this long without killing each other? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we have rules, and you know, the rules. If you think about them, they're they're pretty interesting. Like for one thing, we've given talks on this for schools that teach family business, and they face this problem in family business all the time. And the first thing we say is, kids, don't try this at home, right? because it doesn't work for most people. Uh, it worked in our case because we have different skill sets. You know, Bonnie's very acute at detail, and she, she's not, you know, vexed by legal uh, forms and contracts and banks and, you know, compliance and the government and all that stuff. And I'm just the opposite. I'm kind of a, a broad, you know, stroke type of guy who's into planning and marketing and, and sales. So that's one thing. The other thing is that we have separate offices. We don't work in the same office. We make sure of that. Uh, another thing is that we have certain areas that are off limits where we don't, we don't talk about business. Like you don't talk about business in the bedroom. That would be really stupid. And the other thing we do is we plan a vacation every year and even though, uh, you know, it's off in the future, we, we put a non-refundable deposit on it. So we have to take it. And you find that your year, you know, winds up getting scheduled around it one way or another anyway. But it's a great way to uh, remind yourself that you're still a couple and you can go out and have fun doing things together. Um, there's a lot of other things that are involved. Uh, Bonnie actually wrote an article on it for a woman's magazine that's been, you know, shot all over the web, uh, 10 Things to Do. You can find that, uh, you can find that article at www.thebarefootspirit.com. And uh, I think that your couple, your couple uh, listeners out there will really appreciate it. That's very cool. Uh, very structured and very organized. I can see how that lends to having a very long-lasting, happy relationship. I've been with my wife 25 years, and while we don't work together, we have very similar rules on some things, and it just lends to a very long, happy relationship. 
So very cool. You guys are a very well-balanced couple, and that is excellent to have, especially in today's uh, day and age. <laughs> well, it's so much fun to work with your significant other. Um, we're very fortunate that it works well for us. And as Michael said, it doesn't work for everyone. So if it doesn't work for anybody out there in, in your audience, then realize that the sooner the better. <laughs> because people that try to make it work for years, one or the other, either the business or the, the relationship, is going to suffer. And when it does work, it really is the most beautiful uh, business and um, personal relationship that you could have to be working with somebody that you really love that much. That is so cool. Hats off to you guys. That is awesome. Back to business. <laughs> I would back love to business. back to business. I would love to know some of our audience may be startups, small business owners, solopreneurs, and so forth, and as well as mid-sized businesses and everything. I'd love to know if there's anything else you can share with us. As I alluded earlier at the very beginning, how to help companies become more entrepreneurial. Any words of wisdom or advice you can share on that, please? Well, actually, uh, we wrote a book, which is also available at www.thebarefootspirit.com, and it's called The Entrepreneurial Culture, and it's 23 Ways to Engage and Empower Your People. And it was written for C-suiteers. And C-suiteers are people who are like the the chief marketing officer, the chief technical officer. These are people who are way up in the administration of the company. And they want to know, how are we going to engage and empower our people? Or in other words, how are we going to make our company more, uh, you know, entrepreneurially uh, uh, oriented? And we like to start off by saying it isn't how you gain the entrepreneurial culture, it's how you lost it. And the way you lose it is, you see, because your founders had it. They were one or two people in a garage or a laundry room just like us, and just like you heard our story, they're scared to death that they're not going to make enough sales to make their bills. And so they're doing everything they can to provide customer service and, and go the extra mile and do the things they have to do to keep sales happening. But then what happens is, and companies go through these four phases, they go from startup to build up, and they go from build up to build out. And then they go from build out to enterprise. But in each one of those stages, they have a new challenge. And when you go from build up to enterprise, you go through the biggest challenge. And that's the one where you start to have these strict divisions of labor and things get siloed. You've got the engineering division, you know, and they don't talk to the people in the finance division. Then you've got the finance division. They don't talk to the people in the marketing division. And then you've got all these, these different uh, structural and status rules. And the place starts to look like a big pyramid. We like to say, you know, uh, pyramids are for dead pharaohs, aren't they? <laughs> but most companies are set up like pyramids. And we ask the question, how can you say you put the customer on top if you put sales and customer service on the bottom? Now, sales and customer service are the only people in your company that are talking to your customer every day. So now you get an engineer or a developer or whatever in your company. They say, oh, sales, that's not my job. You know, I have nothing to do with sales. So the backbone of the entrepreneurial culture is to put sales and customer service on top. 
that simple and to have hardwired lines of communication and plumbing so that the two things a customer gives you, remember, are money and feedback. Well, the feedback goes to your customer service people, usually through the 800 number, and the feedback also goes through your salespeople. This is The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Just ahead, Michael and Bonnie share more insights and their contact info. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Is it true that a majority of new businesses fail? Check this out. In order to have a successful growing business, there are some vital points that you must know. You must have worked them out thoroughly. They must be synchronized with each other and all employees, consultants, and companies that you depend on must know these items and be in agreement with them if your new business is to meet with a high percentage of success. Get it free. The Vision Map. Beat the odds for business success at Tony. D-U-R-S-O.com slash vision. Learn how to establish your vision, purpose, long-term objective, and master plan, including strategic and tactical planning. Get the vision map. Beat the odds for business success at Tony, D-U-R-S-O.com slash vision. V-I-S-I-O-N. The Dream Business Community wants to help you with your career and business. Are you ready for accelerated success? Check it out. The Dream Business Community at Tony, slash community. Are you the right fit? We're looking for a few good sponsors that are the right fit for our world-class brand. The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Does your brand fit in with an audience that likes our interviews with Hollywood stars, sports greats, game changers? If so, let's see how we can promote your brand to the best audience to help you grow. Email me at Tony at Tony, D-U-R-S-O.com, and let's see how we can help. That's Tony at Tony, D-U-R-S-O.com. Listening to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now back to the Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on the Spotlight. Today's show is with Michael Houlihan and Bonnie Harvey, founders of Barefoot Wine. Michael and Bonnie previously co-authored the New York Times best-selling business book, The Barefoot Spirit, How Hardship, Hustle, and Heart Built America's Number One Wine Brand, which is recommended reading for the CEO library in CEO Forum. And now, back to the chat. So those salespeople and those people who are answering the phones have got to feel comfortable talking to the marketing people, talking to the design people, talking to the engineers, talking to the developers and everybody else about what the reaction is by the general public to those products. What's going on with the competition, everything else, and that kind of you know instant 
situation that these people are exposed to has got to be communicated to these movers and shakers. So um, what we like to say is if you want to keep your goods and services relevant, you don't need to do a focus group. You don't have to do a big dive into deep data. What you have to do is you got to talk to the people who are answering your 800 number. You got to go talk to your salespeople and say, what do you see out there? What are the big complaints you're getting? How can we improve our product? How can we improve our services? And how can we improve our marketing? I love that. Thank you. Very, very in-depth, very deep. I like that very much. Bonnie, do you have anything to comment on that, please? Well, the entrepreneurial culture is what a lot of large companies are saying that they want, and but they really don't know how to get it. You can't just, you know, have a giant staff meeting and say, oh, okay, I want all you guys to go out there and be more entrepreneurial. That's it. <laughs> so they're confused by it, and oftentimes they feel that by sharing information, they're giving up the security that they have in their own job, in their own position, because they are no longer the only ones that have that information. Well, we believe that that was a good thing, was to share information. In fact, we would have uh, regular meetings with our salespeople who would call in and we'd talk to them all around a big conference phone, a big speaker phone, and our entire a sales support team, which was our office staff, would be in there to hear what was going on in the different divisions, excuse me, in the different territories where our sales representatives were. And we would all share in how to resolve the problems and the challenges. And one of our greatest uh, success stories was when we had a, a new chain and they put us in for a test market, only they put us on the bottom shelf, which is the worst place to be in, right? And we said, now how are we going to impress this buyer during this short trial that we've got when we're on the bottom shelf and that's the worst place to be? And somebody said, well, I guess we'll pick up the foot traffic, you know? That's, that's fun. We'd all laughed about that. And somebody else said, you know, it's not such a bad idea. Why don't we get these decals about a foot long and put a big purple foot on it and put them on the floor of the stores from the front door, walk them through down to the wine aisle, and then turn them facing the shelf where we are. They're going to look down because they've been looking down at the footprint. Then they're going to see our sign that says barefoot with a big arrow pointing that way. They'll get a laugh out of it. Now, when somebody laughs, you've got them laughing, you're halfway to a sale right there. Then they would pick up the bottle and say, that's clever, barefoot, and they put it in their cart and give it a try, and once they realized they enjoyed it, they could remember the name, they could find it easily. That idea worked so well that we did it throughout the nation. And who do you think came up with that good idea? That was our receptionist. Oh, really? So... We shared our challenges with everyone, and everyone contributed to coming up with a good idea. And that's how it works. That's brilliant. You involve all of your gang there and get contributions from them that would help in the sales and marketing, of course, to make the company grow and make everything more successful. And that leads to great team spirit and camaraderie and so forth in the company. That's very brilliant. 
Yeah, absolutely. In fact, when we hired people, we like to say when the cement is wet, you can move it with a trowel, but when it gets hard, you need a jackhammer. So when you hire somebody, that one day, that first day they're there is when they are the most impressive. That's when they are going to see, if you don't tell them how things work, they're going to put it together in their own mind and make suppositions about how things work. Or somebody's going to tell them who might tell them wrong or tell them in a way that you wouldn't have told them. So what we did is we didn't just say, okay, it's your orientation. Here's where the coffee is. Here's where the forms are. This is your go-to person. We didn't do that. We said, here is a money map. It's an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. It has these stops that your money makes on its way to your paycheck. And here are the people whose hands it passes through. And here's what they do. And here's where the exchange takes place between the goods and their money. And here's how it reduces in size as it gets back to your paycheck. So now they know where the money really comes from. It's amazing these companies that don't have a good entrepreneurial culture and can't engage and empower their people. The people don't really understand how the company makes money. They don't because they're professional. I'm a professional engineer. I go to an engineer's, you know, uh, a symposium, I get the engineer's magazine, you know, I'm online to the engineer's site, I compare my job to other engineers and other companies, and you know, who knows, I might stay here for two years and take a job down the road. So they're hired guns, see? They're not really engaged in the business. And so that's what we want to do. We want to engage people in the business from day one. I like that. Brilliant. And of course, our audience can get your books at your site and they can see some of your videos and they can get your training. And can they also contact each of you uh, through your website, please? Oh, yes, we're available. You can reach us through uh, www.thebarefootspirit.com. And you'll also find our Twitter handles there and everything else, Facebook, you name it. Well, excellent, excellent. Thank you so much. This is such an amazing interview. And if there was any last parting thought or advice that you would like to leave with the audience, what would that be, please? I think it's really important to start small. Go out into your own community, your own neighborhood, your own territory, and get a real feel for what it's like to sell your product or your service and get feedback from everyone who touches your product or your service. And this... Um, goes through the distribution system, the retailers, whoever's working and touching your product, go out and talk to them, see what their challenges are in the industry, see what they're doing about it, see what they'd like to see. And then you can better change your product or your service when you're small than when you're big. So you don't want to multiply your mistakes on a big level by going too large too fast. So you want to get your act together before you take your show on the road. Very good advice. And any last comment or parting thought from you, Michael? Well, I wish all of your listeners uh, uh, a wonderful uh, business experience. Uh, I hope that they're all successful. Uh, I hope everybody has a very fruitful year. Uh, just remember, all money comes from the customer. Customer service rules, sales rule, focus on the customer. That's the way to do it. Good luck to all of you. All right. Well, again, such an amazing interview with Michael Houlihan and Bonnie Harvey, founders of Barefoot Wine. 
Thank you so much for sharing this with us, Bonnie and Michael. I just love it. Thank you again so very much. It's been our pleasure, Tony. Thank you. See you later, Tony. All right. See you. And to our Spotlight audience, thanks again. It's our honor to have you listen. All right. Keep your focus on success, and we'll see you next on the Spotlight. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and his special VIP co-host. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, enjoy the weekend.